You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We are back and we're better than ever. We are. We are. We got Ali with us today. Ali, say hello. Hello. Allie's back with us. Um, you know, uh, she just asked if she could be on it. You know, impact students out there, if you want to be on the on the potty, then you just got to let me know. Like, you're, you're, you're just here. Oh. Sorry, man. <laughs> Bro. Sorry. What? How would you Sorry. do that? What, what is he doing? Sorry, guys. My bad. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, it is time to... Rate, rate that foreign snack. Oh man, she didn't put it down. She didn't put it down. Oh, oh man, Allie. oh man. Should, Sorry. Like, should, should should be cut? Like you know? Uh, uh, no, I'm just goose. You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, we're 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 not gonna cut. We're not gonna cut. But like, wow. It's okay. We'll move. It's on. all right. We'll move. We'll move, we'll move it. on. It's all right. It's uh, that's two oofs in in just to, to start this uh, <laughs> podcast, man. Um. Today, I want to talk to you about the historical proof of the cross and resurrection, but we're not going to do that yet because we're going to rate this foreign snack. And here we go. Ali, why don't you tell us what snack you're making us pick? Because Ali decided that she wanted to do this one. We totally predetermined it. As you can see, Ali just really wanted to do this one. I'm not looking forward to it. Ali, what is it? So this is garlic baguette chips, sun chips. Where are they from? Let's say it. Korea. Korea. Nice. Korea. Dr. Youngie Cho is from Korea. He's a great man of God. Um, anyway. Um, Did you say you're not looking forward to these? No. Yeah, I, I mean, they could be okay. I'm going to make Ali smell them first. Ali, open them <laughs> and smell them. Come on, wait. We, we had to get a little bit of, uh, what is it called? ASMR? That is what it's called. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a good thing I opened this. Oh, man. Here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, is, okay. It, the smell is accurate, though. It's accurate. It tastes like garlic. Just don't know if like I really want bread. this on my chip. All right. Oh, man. Get a tiny there. one. Oh. <laughs> man, I might need a water after this, brother. This All is, right, we'll this is like, oh, man. All if right. it's your first time watching the podcast... This is going to be a good one for you right here, I think, because there's just been so much suspense. I think that uh, I, I got one of our first-time guests the other day, Ben, uh, strong to, to tune into it. Um, Did you? Or he said, yeah, he said he's going to start watching. He awesome. subscribed and everything. What's his name? Uh, do you Maddox. Know? Maddox. Maddox. If you're shout watching out, this, Maddox, Maddox shout out, bro. I'd like to shout out our students. Um, shout out to Gustavo in the back, too. Come he's, on, uh, he's in the back recording right now. He's, he's learning how to do the camera and yeah, stuff. He he's cheering in the back right now. Um, hey, all right. Fine. I, I've all right. Personally, personally, I think it smells good. All right. Not for a chip though, Allie. It's very right. buttery. Oh. Very oh my gosh. All right, we gotta do it. Okay, go. Man. You know what it tastes like? Ready oh, for this? You guys know um, at the movie theater 
when you, you can get your popcorn and you put it under and you can just hit the butter thing. It tastes like you just put your mouth on it <laughs> and just, you know, all the butter, you know, man. Like it's just coming right in your mouth. Oh, man. It That's, tastes like that. And then you just decide to chew on a garlic clove, like, like at the same time. Oh, this is, this is. I think. I think it tastes fine. Oh, I would, I would eat the rest of that bag. No way. It doesn't. It doesn't really taste like garlic baguette, but it tastes, it tastes like butter. It tastes sweet. It tastes sweet. Yeah. Oh. It has. Oh. No. <laughs> it's so it, has, bad. it has a weird sweetness that is still in my mouth. Yeah. It tastes like you just are like. You're just chugging underneath that 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 butter thing. Like you're just underneath there. Oh, yeah. Like it's just it's just like in your it's just like in your mouth the, the the butter. You poured a little sugar on top of your mouth while you were in there. You just stuck a garlic clove in there and and, and Allie, that, I don't know. This is just a bad take from you to like this. This is I like not good. It. I like it. I will say, Ali, I admire you for sticking to it. Yeah. Like even though like you know we're down on it. Uh if you like it, then that's then that's fair. Um Oh man. <laughs> Every taste. So there was a moment where I thought I might like it for a second, like in the middle, and then it just was like absolutely not. The, in my opinion, the, the taste is not as strong as the smell. Oh, that's agreed. And the smell is just ridiculously terrible. Yeah, but, but the taste is oh the um the smell is really accurate. Yeah, and the yeah. taste is like semi accurate. Yeah, I got my rating. Um. Mm-hmm. I, def- I definitely have my rating. Um, I'm going to, should we, should we let Allie go first? Love it. Uh, uh, Allie, why don't you tell us what your rating is? Okay. Um, I'll do a 7.95. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Allie, you can take this bag of chips. Okay. You can I, go goose, home and goose eat Goose wanted to try some. Yeah, Goose can try some. <laughs> you guys can all go and just devour them. Personally, you, I think you guys are being a little dramatic. Wow, she just called us out. She called us out on our own segment. <laughs> that takes guts. I knew that I'm your youth pastor because that takes guts. You have to have me as your youth pastor to be able to say something like that. Um, yeah, see, see, I'm just not there. Um, oh, no, me neither. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it this rating because it is the smell is accurate and the taste is fairly accurate as well. It's a three. It's, it's only a three. Because it's accurate to what it's advertised to be. It just is not good. Like, it's, it's just, it's three, like, I, I'm going to go with a three. Just because of its accuracy, it really is accurate and fair to the, to the advertisement. So I'm going to go with a three. But I'm not even, I'm not going to eat a second one. I, I'm not even going to eat a taste of the second one. Right. I'm going to go with the maximum amount of these chips that I would ever eat. And that's two. Like at most, just I to might check. like, yeah, like you know, like let me let me just double check. Okay, but, fair enough. Um, it's not good, Allie. It's giving I, major side eye from me. Oh, major <laughs> side eye. All right, uh, um, Ben, what'd you give it? A two. Oh, you said a two. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said the most you've ever eaten would be chip. And that's my rating. Oh, and that's your rating. Yeah. Okay, two. So we got two. We got three. I tend to be, I would say, uh, a little more lenient than Ben yeah, on my on my ratings. So. Um Ali really likes it. I do think that this one is going to come down to your taste preference because the crunch of the chip is fine and all of that stuff. It's going to come down to your taste preference. So I'd actually encourage you, if you like the idea of a really buttery tasting chip, then 
you may enjoy this chip, but I just don't. I would just encourage you, if you, like, want some garlic bread, go eat some garlic <laughs> bread. Like, not in a chip. Allie just disagrees. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, well, this was, that was a great segment. That was a good one. I'm happy we brought Allie on for this one because we needed someone to like kind of like challenge the opinion. If you just want someone that's going to challenge everything, like we just got to get one of our awesome leaders, AJ Mitchell, on here. He'll just disagree <laughs> with he'll disagree oh, with ever, wow. anything. So, but um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. I had a great I have a great time doing this segment. I feel as though that this could be a podcast on its own for us to just like sit here and talk about foreign snacks. Um, really the idea just came out of me wanting to do something that would engage people to want to watch it. So I hope it engages you. But anyway, the part that we really tuned in for, hopefully, maybe not, but hopefully today I want to come at you from a different perspective a little bit. I do not want to, I don't know how to say this. I'm going to be in the word of God today. We are going to read the scriptures. But I feel like if I'm going to talk about historical proof of the cross and resurrection, right? If I'm going to use the Bible as my only source, that's not, for some people, that wouldn't be a valid historical source. I want to talk to those of you who are watching today. If you're a Christian, I want to show you why what you believe is historically accurate. Why the cross, why the resurrection really is historically accurate. If you're not a Christian and you're watching this, maybe one of your Christian friends watched it and recommended that you watch it. I want to prove to you why it's not just the Bible that proves the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. At the end of this, you're going to have to make a decision. You're either going to make a decision to say, that the cross and resurrection is recorded by these all these historians that are lying about it. That that's what you're going to have to say if you don't want to believe in Jesus. Or you're going to say, wow, this Christianity thing is real and I really want to follow it. And so I plan to do my very best. Obviously, I can't get into the full uh, exhaustive historical background of everything. That's not, you know, the time that I, you know, I, I have allotted to me right now. But I am going to do my very best to be able to give you an introductory study of the historical proof of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Another podcast that I recommend to you, um, my uh, friend, evangelist Wesley Agre, he did an excellent teaching on the resurrection and talking about the proof of it. If you look up Wesley Agre, that's A-G-G-R-E-Y, you can watch another great teaching on this. But I'm going to come and add it from three proofs of the cross and resurrection. Let's start here. First proof, Jesus really did exist and was crucified. Yes, believe it or not, some people challenge the fact that Jesus was really alive and was really crucified. People, some people would say that Jesus was not really crucified, that Jesus did not really exist. But those people would simply be incorrect. Um, and I'm going to show that to you right now. There's a guy in the Bible. Or there's not a guy in the Bible, excuse me. There's a historian named Josephus. Josephus was not a Christian. Josephus was not a follower of God. And Josephus is considered to be a very 
accurate historian. People that are not Christians will reference Josephus. So Josephus was not a Christian. I want to establish that. Not a Christian. Not in the Bible. Not an author of one of the books of the Bible. Not a Christian. I think that that's clear. But in Josephus's Jewish antiquities, here is what he recounts. He recounts an unlawful execution and Josephus identifies the victim as James, who is also the brother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. He recalls a real person named James, who is the brother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. He is not saying that Jesus necessarily is the Messiah, but he is saying that James was the brother of a man named Jesus, who is the so-called Messiah. This is what he records in his history. Very interesting because Galatians 1.19 records the same thing, that James was the brother of, jo- uh, of uh, Jesus. James was the brother of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says in Galatians 1.19, James is the brother of Jesus Christ. And Josephus, this historian, also records the same thing. And Josephus was alive, by the way. Uh, he was around, uh, alive around the time of AD 50. He was around during that time period in which James was alive. And he records the execution of James in his Jewish antiquities. So we have Josephus claiming that there's this guy named James who had a brother named J- Jesus who is the so-called Messiah. Let's see what else that we have. So... There's this uh, testimony known as the Testimonium Flavianum, and forgive me if I have problems with pronunciation here because I do not speak Greek uh, fluently whatsoever, but it describes a man, and it describes a man, uh, and this is Josephus' testimony, by the way, it describes a man who did surprising deeds and was condemned to be crucified by Pilate. He did surprising deeds and was condemned to be crucified by Pilate. Very interesting. Describes a man who was, did, uh, it says, uh, surprising deeds. We know that the Bible records that Jesus did miraculous deeds, things that would be surprising to a person. They would, that Jesus did miracles. And so Josephus says, there was this guy and he did surprising deeds. Oh, and by the way, he was crucified by Pontius Pilate as well. He was sentenced to be crucified. He was condemned to be crucified by Pontius Pilate. Who do we know that was claimed to be crucified by Pontius Pilate? Jesus Christ, the Bible records that. So again, we see another proof that Jesus was really a a person really alive. The Bible says the same thing. There's another guy, and I actually don't know if uh, I'm going to pronounce his name right right now. Perhaps somebody's more well-informed than me on this. But his name is uh, Tacitus. Tacitus, that sounds like a, like a Greek pronunciation to itis, like, you know, Tacitus. Um, but perhaps that's not also sounds like a disease. But Tacitus, he mentions that the emperor Nero falsely blamed the persons commonly called Christians who were hated for their enormities. And Christus, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate. Hmm. Christus, that would be the Greek pronunciation of Christ. Or that would be the, or sorry, that would be the Greek understanding of Jesus. Jesus Christ, Christus. 
So again, he says, Christus, the founder of the name, what name? The founder of the Christian name was crucified by Pontius Pilate. We have another historian and Tacitus was known as one of the greatest Roman historians by modern scholars. He's known as one of the greatest Roman historians and he records that there was this guy named Christus that was crucified by Pontius Pilate. Interesting. Again, we have a historian citing the life of Jesus Christ. I, I don't actually have time to fully prove this, but you could do your own research on this. Claims about Jesus not even being a real person didn't pop up until far and beyond the time that, that all of the apostles that would have seen Jesus alive had died. And I'm going to get actually into the apostles seeing him in just a second. But understand that these claims that Jesus was not a real person, they didn't come around until hundreds of years after Jesus died. I think that the first claim was maybe, I think it was a hundred years after Jesus even uh, uh, was supposedly risen from the dead as the Bible would claim and I would believe to be true. So the claims were, didn't even happen immediately. They happened hundreds of years or a hundred years after Jesus had risen and Jesus was alive. Second, so we have Jesus really did exist and was crucified. History would tell us that. Second, we have people saw Jesus after he rose again. People saw Jesus after he rose again. For this one, I actually don't have uh, historical citations. My next point is going to prove the history of people actually seeing Jesus being alive. In Luke 24, three through seven, I'm gonna read it to you. We have the proof or we have the, biblical account that the Bible claims that Jesus really did rise again. Luke 24, three through seven. You might think, why is he taking the time to do this? Because I want to strengthen those of you that are watching this, that you, what you believe is not scientifically inaccurate, not historically inaccurate. You know what? Let me, let me just say this real quick before I read this text. People that say that you cannot believe science and believe the Bible must not believe that Sir Isaac Newton was a scientist. They must not believe that Galileo was a scientist. They must not. What do you mean they must not believe that they were a scientist? Of course they were scientists. Sir Isaac Newton was a devout Christian, but yet he was a scientist. He was somebody that we have very, very solid scientific theories that have come from. Do we dismiss Sir Isaac Newton as a scientist because, you know, well, he was a Christian? No, we actually base a lot on what we have in science today on Sir Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton was a Christian. It is not true to say that you cannot be a, science, a person that believes in science and believes in the Bible. I believe that God is the author of science. I believe that the Bible teaches things that are, in, that are in science that science discovered years after the Bible was even written. Why? Because God is the author of science because he is the one who created the entire world. So that's just a quick note that I'll make on that. But Luke chapter 24, verses three through seven. Three through seven. And, and I'm gonna say this too. I understand people's speculations. I understand people having questions. I believe that God made the human mind curious for a reason. And I believe that if we really study and unbiasedly the word of, uh, the word of God and history and science will actually come to discover that the Bible really is true and what it says is true. So if you are specu uh, 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 what, what am I trying to say? You are uh, suspicious, I guess the word would be that I want to use, but suspicious 
of the Bible and suspicious if it really is true. I encourage you, study and come to conclusions. Study and come to conclusions. Be unbiased. Really look into it. And I promise you, if you really do that, that you're going to come to the conclusion that the Bible is true. Luke 24, verse 3. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As, as they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified. The, it was women that, that, that saw this. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Referring to Jesus. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. So the Bible records that Jesus rose again. Historically speaking, this is something that you can look, look into if you don't believe me. Women were not valued in this time that Luke, the author of the gospel of Luke was writing. If Luke really wanted to be us, try and sway people and make them believe his testimony and his account and his gospel, he would not have cited that women were the people that went to the tomb and saw the tomb empty. Here's why woman's testimony was not considered to be valid in the time of Luke. Woman's testimony was not considered to be valid in the time of Luke. Women were considered to be not smart, not educated. And so Luke would not have wrote that women were the ones that saw that Jesus was alive if they really didn't see that Jesus was alive. He wouldn't have wrote that. If he was just trying to lie and be persuasive, he would have said that it was men. He wouldn't have said that it was women because women's testimony was not considered to be valid at that time. It's actually interesting. The Bible, people claim that the Bible doesn't support women. Actually, the Bible is one of the earliest supporters of women. And this text is just one of those proofs. So, okay. So we see in the Bible that it says that Jesus rose again, that he rose again. Luke 24, 36 claims that Jesus appeared to his followers. It says this. And just as they were uh, telling about it, about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Jesus appears before his disciples, according to the word of God. Jesus appears before his disciples. Okay, last text. So we see that Jesus rose again, according to the scriptures, that Jesus, uh, that the Bible claims that Jesus appeared before his followers. But 1 Corinthians 15, 6 actually tells us that he appeared and he saw 500 people before he ascended into heaven. So the Bible claims that 500 people saw Jesus alive, that Jesus rose again, that he appeared before his disciples. Very interesting. But let me ask you this question. How can we reason that Jesus really did rise again and is alive from history? How can we do that? Is there really an evidence that shows us that Jesus is alive in history? Think about that question. Let me tell you this real quick. Matthew chapter 28, verse 11, records, uh, verse 11 through 15, records that the religious leaders actually paid off Roman soldiers to say that Jesus really didn't rise again and that his disciples stole it, stole, the bo stole his body. Matthew 28. It says in verse 13, they told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' uh, disciples came during the night 
while we were sleeping and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story widely spread among the Jews and they still tell it today. So we see here in the scriptures that the Bible actually tells us one of the lies that the religious leaders tried to spread and the way that they did it, they bribed these Roman soldiers into lying. You might think to yourself, why would they accept this? Why would they accept this bribe? Well, first, obviously, it was a significant amount of money that they were given. The religious leaders were very, very wealthy. So they had a lot of money to give to them. So yeah, they want to receive a lot of money. Second, if in fact that uh, the, the if uh Jesus's body was taken, or if the Roman soldiers, uh, if the Roman governor found out that these Roman soldiers allowed the body to be taken, they would be executed and put to death. And so here's what they were basically making a deal with the religious leaders. The religious leaders were going to help them so that when it were to, were to come to this, uh, the Roman officials, that Jesus' body was no longer there anymore, the religious leaders would say, no, 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 it wasn't their fault, and would corroborate uh, their story and help them and keep them from being able to, from being executed. But you might be thinking to yourself, I just don't think that they have that much power. How would they be able to do it? Well, they had enough power to convince Pilate to crucify Jesus. I think they have enough power to be able to say, help these Roman soldiers not be executed. So they struck a deal to be able to protect their own life and to be, and to be greedy and receive a fine for themselves. The Bible even records that, even records that in history. But again, how can we really prove historically that Jesus is alive? And I think that this is really the most telling piece of evidence. Third, the apostles were all tortured and killed for proclaiming the resurrection. In Acts chapter 12, verse 2, Acts chapter 12, verse 2, we have the recording in scripture of James being killed. James being killed, the apostle James. It says, he had the apostle James killed with a sword. This is Herod. Herod had the apostle James killed with a sword. Well, I don't, that's what the Bible says. Why do I really have to believe that? You might be wondering. Even as a Christian, you might be wondering, I would like another valid source to confirm that the Bible is really accurate on this. Isn't it interesting that we need the Bible to, to be proven by something else, but then all these other historical sources, we're just like, oh yeah, it's a historical source. We'll just take it as an account. But I'll show it to you anyway. Josephus and Clement of Alexandria both record uh, the death of James, uh, historically outside the Bible, they record it in one passage of Jewish antiquities. That's uh, that's uh, by uh, James, or that's by Josephus. He recounts an unlawful execution, and Josephus identifies the victim of James. I told you this before when I was showing to you that Jesus really was a person because he said that it was the brother of Jesus who was called the Messiah. So Josephus identifies James as being executed. So James was executed. Next, Eusebius, another historian, records the death of Peter and the other apostles. 
It is a fact that the Apostle Paul existed and almost, and almost unanimous that he was killed. If you look it up online, you will find nobody refutes, nobody that actually like really like is a smart person claims that the Apostle Paul did not exist. And almost everybody says that yes, he was in fact killed. I'm getting at something in just a second. You might be wondering, why does this even matter? I don't understand why this would pr prove that Jesus really is alive. But we have historical evidence that James is killed. We have historical evidence that Peter was killed. We have a story, a historical evidence that Paul was killed. Paul was alive during the Roman emperor Nero's rule. And historically, we actually have a citation that the fire was likely started by Nero and he blamed Christians for it that there was a fire that took place in Rome. You, you might know this from your history class and that Nero blamed the Christians for it. But most people believe that Nero was the one who started the fire so that he could go and persecute Christians. I'm getting at something. Stay with me. The Bible records in Acts 22, 24, that Paul was whipped and that he was beaten. The Bible records in Acts chapter five that the, um, that the disciples were persecuted. And I'll get to that one in a second. But it is so clearly, it is so clear in history. It is so clearly recorded that Christians were killed for their faith by Diocletian and Nero, two Roman emperors. It is very clearly recorded in, script, in uh, not scripture, in history. Nobody refutes that. Yes, Diocletian and Nero killed and persecuted Christians. Let me ask you this question with everything that I just said to you. Don't you think that these people would have given up the act if the act wasn't genuine. Don't you think that these men, because the reason that they were being persecuted is they were proclaiming to everybody that Jesus is alive. That's what they were doing. They were telling everybody that he died and that he's alive and he offers you forgiveness of sins. And they were de uh, declaring this and proclaiming this. These apostles that physically saw him alive, that the Bible records that they saw him alive. Don't you think that if they were not confident in the fact that Jesus is alive, or if they were making up a fairy tale or story, don't you think that when it came to the point that they were going to be executed if they did not renounce their faith, that they would say, all right, all right, all right, fine. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, no, he's not really alive. Don't you think that somebody would have stepped forward and said this? But no, we have all of these apostles that willingly died because they saw the reality that Jesus was alive and risen. Don't you think somebody would have given up the act? Don't you think? You might be wondering, well, how do we know that they were martyred for their faith? All the historians say that they were martyred for their faith. You can look up each and every single one of the ones that I said, that it is widely understood that they were uh, martyred for their faith or killed for their faith. So, don't you think that somebody would have said, hmm, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm just, you know, this is a fairy tale where we all just made it up to get everybody's attention. We're just trying to be a bunch of troublemakers. We really don't want to die. In fact, some historians, and though there is debate on this one, some say that Peter was beheaded. Others say that Peter, and this is the more likely one, was crucified upside down. Hmm. Don't you think, don't you think that Peter would not want to be crucified upside down if it was just for a lie? 
Peter literally was crucified upside down on his head with all the pressure on his head. He got nails put through his, through his body and he hung there on a cross. For what? For nothing, you think? Is that really what people think, that Peter did that for nothing? Just because, yeah, you know, I guess I'll just do it, you know, because I'm going to really stick to this story. I'm going to really stick to it. We watch TV shows where people get caught up in lies and eventually the consequence just becomes too great that somebody just comes forward with the truth. Small things, smaller things than just death. We have real life stories where finally the consequence just catches up to us and we finally just admit the truth. Don't you think that these men would have just admitted that if, they, if it was a lie? And so we're left with this. Either all of these men that were killed and crucified and these Christians that all proclaim to see Jesus alive and these people that follow Jesus, they're just nuts and lunatics. All of them, every single one of them is psychotic. Every single one of them is psychotic and they're liars. Or they really did see the risen Christ and he really is alive. Those are the two options. There's not, maybe they just really thought, no, because they said that they saw him alive. One or the other, which one is it? I would say that if somebody's willing to die for it, if somebody is willing to die for something they said they saw, they physically saw, if a bunch of people are willing to die for something that they willingly saw, there must be some validity to that. John, the apostle, he was boiled in oil and actually he lived. He was, he was dropped in boiling oil and they must have pulled him out before he died and then he was exiled to an island called Patmos. Do you really think he would have wanted to go into boiling oil for a lie? Jesus is alive. Acts chapter five. Acts chapter five. Some of the apostles start going around telling people about Jesus. And the Pharisees and religious leaders, the same Pharisees and religious leaders, by the way, the Bible records that crucified Jesus Christ or that uh, forced Pilate's hand or tried to force Pilate's hand to crucify Jesus. Those same people. They said in Acts chapter five, we'll read it right here. Verse 17, the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. When the high priests and officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching these people. The captain went with the temple guards and arrested the apostles but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We have given you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, referring to Jesus. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teachings about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. 
But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human authority. So these these religious leaders, and in Acts chapter four, you can read that they already threatened them once and they told them to knock it off and stop preaching in the name of Jesus. These religious leaders that crucified the person that they followed, Jesus Christ, they had the power to be able to bring up charges on someone for them to be crucified. These men decided, you know what? We're going to keep preaching this thing. You know why? Because yeah, we know that Jesus isn't really alive, but you know, and we know that we could be crucified for it, but hey, it will be fun. No, they saw Jesus alive and they said, we need to do this because we really know that he's alive. We know that these men have power to imprison us. We know that they can beat us. Then we know what they could do to us. We know that they could crucify us, but we saw the risen Christ with our own eyes. Therefore, we're going to go and we're going to preach this gospel. Understand this. The Bible has tried to be destroyed by kings. Bible has tried to be burned, but it just keeps popping up. There's something about this book that either makes people hate it or makes people love it. Something about this book right here, because it's the word of God. We don't see nearly to the same extent people getting upset about, you know, the Quran or upset about other books that people believe in. But we see people get upset about this one. Why? Why? If it's just a book, if this thing is just a book, if this whole thing is just a joke, why did all these people lay their lives down? These people that claim to have seen the risen Christ, why didn't they just give up the act? The answer is because they saw the risen Christ and they could not deny what they had seen. Jesus is alive. There is historical proof of it. There is historical proof of the cross and resurrection. You could study it even more. There is historical proof that this took place. Even the way the Bible describes the crucifixion is historically accurate. The cross happened, the resurrection happened. And here's the question I leave you with today. If you're a Christian, then praise God. But perhaps you're watching this and a friend sent it to you or something like that. And you're saying, man, I heard you talk and I hear you. And the first thing I want you to know is that God loves you even if you, uh, even if you were, were saying to yourself before us that you hated God, God still loves you. And that's why he died for you because he loves you so much and he wants you to be right with him. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard and we need to repent of our sins and get right with him. God loves you so much. He wouldn't have died for you if he didn't. He really did rise again. He really is the only way to eternal life. He really is the answer. He really is the way, the truth, and the light, just like the Bible says. So today I I leave you with this question if you don't know Jesus Christ. Either accept this historical proof, accept what the Bible says, or reject it. I give you that invitation right now. Do you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your, your life and repent of your sin? If you do and you made that decision in your heart, I want you to repeat this prayer after me right now. Say this, say, dear Jesus, today I repent of my sin and I put my faith in you. I believe in my heart. I confess 
with my mouth that you are Lord, that you really did die, that you really did rise from the dead. I heard the Bible taught today and I know it to be true. I'm a Christian now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope that people just gave their hearts to the Lord. And if you did, I just want you to write something in the YouTube comments, or if you want to as well, you can go on our MPAC social media page. It's M-P-A-C-T, Youth. We want to help you get connected. We'll put some resources into your hands as well. Um, and the most important thing, find a church to get plugged into. It's Easter Sunday that's coming up at the time of this recording and when it's going to be released. Easter Sunday is coming up. Find a good Bible-believing church to go and attend and, and to learn more about God's word. I hope that blessed you. For those of you that are followers of Christ that have been watching this faithfully every week or maybe for the first time, let me pray for you now as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that this teaching today would only encourage the faith of every single person that's listening to this. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would be with them. Give them confidence in the accuracy of the cross and the resurrection. Father, I pray that we would remember you, Lord, during this Easter season. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for what you have done for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you guys so much and we're so thankful for each and every single one of you. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.